Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Jeffrey Meldon, welcoming you to a special edition of Meldon Law and Friends. Uh, we're here recording from the studios at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, and we're very excited to uh, have some wonderful guests for you today. Uh, before we move forward, I want to announce that Meldon Law is giving away tickets for this upcoming week's volleyball games. There's actually three matches. Uh, there's a match Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday, and our uh, Lady Gator volleyball team is 11-2 and two in the SEC, and uh, we are rocking. So uh, check it out. There's some really uh, uh, great members of our uh, volleyball team. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see some of them uh, in the Olympics. They're so good. Uh, in addition to that, our uh, Gator basketball team, the men's team, uh, rocked uh, Florida State uh, past Sunday. Um, and uh, my law partner and son, Kerry Meldon, and I were there together. And what a great uh, uh, event for uh, the Gators. We needed uh, something coming off of our uh, lackluster uh, football performance. And uh, we, we did great. We actually uh, had not beaten Florida State in seven years, and uh, we wound up uh, uh, winning convincingly uh, due to a great second-half performance. So uh, go Gators. We're uh, behind you, and we are giving away six tickets this Thursday night at 6 p.m., to the uh, Milwaukee game. The Florida men's Florida Gator basketball team is playing Milwaukee, and uh, that's going to be fun. Any of our tickets, all you have to do is go to Meldon Law on Facebook. So, uh, and, and we have uh, ticket giveaways all the time. You want to uh, uh, go and uh, uh, sign up so you get notified whenever our uh, packages and giveaways are going on. Just go to uh, Meldon Law Facebook page and uh, you'll see everything. Uh, as the only official injury law firm partner of the Florida Gators, we're able to score tickets at uh, nobody else can get and we like to share them with all of our community members. So uh, join us. Uh, anyhow, uh, speaking of community members, we have a, a very a uh, special guest here who is part of our community, Brittany Daly. How are you doing today, Brittany? I'm doing great, Jeffrey. How are you doing? We're wonderful. Now, um, you work as the regional director for the American Heart Association, correct? I do. I'm right here in Alachua County um, working with all the local businesses and volunteers. Now, tell us a little bit about your background. What's your story as far as coming to, how you you made the journey to Gainesville and where you're at now? Yeah, absolutely. So I moved up to Gainesville from Sarasota back at the end of July, right after I started with the American Heart Association. Um, I was working in sales in Sarasota, and before that I lived in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, working for a minor league baseball team selling uh, tickets. So wow. that was my path here to the American Heart Association. And um, what was your uh, educational background? So I actually have a sport management degree um, and a minor in communications. 
Um, I thought I wanted to work in the sports industry my whole life. Um, I still love it, have a passion for sports, but definitely have found myself um, working with the American Heart Association as kind of my passion path. Well, it, it, there's a lot of parallels, right, between, mm-hmm. uh, you know, marketing sports and, you know, helping to grow the American Heart Association following in the community. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing that I was able to bring um, experience-wise, since I didn't have a nonprofit background, was just the relationship building that I've always done in sales. Um, being able to work with the community through minor league baseball, that's a very homegrown environment. Um, so that came very naturally in this position. Yeah. What are some of the strengths uh, and skills that you learned in your prior positions that you're trans, you know, uh, kind of transmitting to your new position? Absolutely. I would say um, being able to fight objections um, and, you know, find work with a company to find a path Um, in sales. You, you know, get used to being told no. Ten percent of the time you get told yes. So you just got to find other people who are interested. Keep making those ask. Keep making those connections. Um, And I say I would say being able to adjust on the fly and pivot is a big thing in sales and with not the nonprofit world. We're just trying to keep up with everybody, you know, all the new ideas, even especially with COVID, like having to be able to pivot um, on a quick turn like that was definitely something I was able to to learn. Yeah, it's very interesting that you say that, because uh, as an attorney, we are constantly um, approached by vendors Mm -hmm. for their services. And sometimes it'll be a young person who's just starting out. And I try to if I say no, I try to give them encouragement and I say don't stop asking. Yes, I love that. I actually really like that because, you know, of course, I heard it all the time from, from my company and my bosses, but you don't hear that a lot. And that is the truth. Don't stop asking ever. And Yeah, because what, you know, may not fit in, in our program, you know, this uh, year or this season, uh, the next time around, we may have, uh, you know, different uh, strategies and opportunities, and we're looking to grow and mm-hmm. build and uh, so I, I like the fact that um, you've learned that lesson fairly early in life. Yes, it's been helpful. <laughs> so I want to get into the background of the American Heart Association mm-hmm. in uh, Gainesville, Alachua County. Um, how old is the American Asso- Heart Association uh, organization locally? Locally, I mean, I have a volunteer on my board who she has been a part of the, um, I mean, at least the heart ball um, since back the late 80s, early 90s, which was truly, it was so great to be able to learn that about her when I first started. Um, That was something that really just kind of showed how um, how giving Gainesville is and how open they are to to helping out and, you know, being uh, being there for the nonprofits here in the area. Um, so I thought that was a really cool thing to learn when I first started. Yeah. So I have been um, going to the Heartball, um, you know, off and on for years. And, they, mm-hmm. you know, it's always a huge turnout. Yes. Yes. We're super excited. Um, our next one we've got coming up February 12th. Um, we're very excited. Um, we've got um, Jerry and Sue Benton as our chairs for the event. Um, I happen to know them. Yeah, they're, they're great. They're, I think everybody they're, knows they're, them. <laughs> well, not only that, their daughter, Abby, works at Meldon Law. Yes, it was such a small world. Um, and then, he, you know, we were able to get um, Coach Spurrier and his wife, Jerry, on board, which, I mean, I think is just truly amazing for them and how much they give back to this community. So we're very excited to 
you know, have an in-person event and bring the heart ball back, back to Gainesville. Yeah. Now, the American Heart Association, could you describe your mission statement for us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, our mission statement really is just to be a force with people to live longer, healthier lives. Um, the areas we do that kind of specifically, we focus to reduce risk specifically in women. Um, we work for COVID-19 research and response to try and aid people with education about obviously this upcoming thing that has been a part of our lives for a couple of years. Um, we work with tobacco and vaping, um, specifically in the middle school and high school age range, to equip parents and students with the knowledge to understand the effects um, that goes along with vaping and tobacco use so young. Um, we work obviously with stroke and heart attack patients and wanting to reduce the risk and be able to help them once they suffer from a cardiovascular event. Um, and then finally, just healthy living, eating well, um, making um, proper exercise choices, mental well-being, a lot of things that go into prevention of cardiovascular mm. events um, instead of just being on the reactive side of it. Well, I bought a Peloton this year. Will that help? Yeah, absolutely that will. I know that'll get your heart rate going. I just have to use it more often. Right, exactly. It's like I thought when I bought it, you know, and I put it in my home that it would instantly make me, you know, right. more, more cardiovascular. Getting it, uh, yeah, know? getting it in the house. That was, yeah, that was a workout. So anyhow, but I I do appreciate um, the the fact that you are working proactively in right. a lot of um, areas, mm -hmm. such as t dealing with youth, because uh, uh, many habits are formed at an early age. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing is is getting people to feel empowered um, by their risk factors, you know, understanding them, knowing your family history, um, and being able to make those choices for yourself and with your doctor um, to just, you know, your entire life, not once you find out or once you've been diagnosed, but um, understanding it from the start. What if our viewers or listeners want to tap into the American Heart Association to learn some of the um, lessons that uh, y'all have? Uh, what, what are some ways to, to do that? I would say the biggest thing, um, our heart.org page has amazing information on every single one of those pillars I talked about. And for anyone that's really interested in getting involved on a volunteer level or wanting to do more with the American Heart Association, um, definitely just reaching out. We have so many areas that, you know, you can work with. Um, and I'd love bringing on new volunteers, people who are passionate about the mission. Um, so I would say definitely those. But if you ever need information or you're trying to get somebody to go to the doctor, feel free. Our website has so much information to provide. And that's heart.org. Yes. Now, is that a local site or is it a um, national That's site? our national site. So you can find, you know, short infographics, articles, statistics, a lot of things um, to where you want to get really in-depth or if you just want a one-page infographic about how to cut out sodium. Um, we offer a lot on that website, and I constantly use it for anyone that needs information um, for their employees. Yeah, what about parents who have uh, teenagers who won't listen to them? Uh, you have any <laughs> suggestions? <laughs> yeah, I would say definitely going on that and, and letting them know just the, the facts that we found out about um, the health and, you know, the effects um, that certain choices when you make are young, what they have on your long-term health. Yeah, it's like uh, for every year you smoke, it uh, maybe cuts off a year on the back end or right. something. Right. You don't think about it. You're young. You're going to live forever. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting because as uh, parents, uh, you know, 
we tried to be good examples for our children. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. Right. Sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't. What's uh, what the best is if they can really discover uh, good choices on their own. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing is um, parents just leading by example, um, educating, you know, yourself to where you can make those choices day in and day out. And then, you know, the kids, they just follow suit, you know, they'll, it'll be something they were raised on and understand, and they won't even question it going into adulthood. In the Alachua County um, outreach program, what are some specific things that you do, you know, day to day to uh, help you know, bring it to the community? Yeah, I would say the biggest thing is I meet with as many local companies and volunteers as I can to really explain the mission and how it's not just about stroke or blood pressure or heart attacks about everything that we encompass. Um, And then I would say our, you know, our great events throughout the year, our heart walk and our heart ball. Um, And the biggest thing that we're trying to work on now is community impact. So really working with those companies to understand what they want to do in the community and what our community needs and finding ways that we can implement it. Yeah, I know it's a, a, a huge challenge because when you're younger, you think you you know you're you're uh, bulletproof and you're going to live forever, <laughs> right. right? When you're older, you start thinking maybe it's too late, but it's not never too late, is it? No, it's never too late. It is never too late to make healthy choices. Any percentage is better than 0% in my opinion. You don't have to go out and become a huge health freak and work out every single day. And, you know, it's just about making those small choices and knowing, you know, what can have an impact on your health. Yeah, I've heard that, you know, even uh, stopping smoking at an older age and doing uh, some cardio that you hadn't been doing and some things like that can actually add years on to your life. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing is people think, well, yeah, it's too late. I've already done so much damage. Um, And just understanding, well, you can stop now and prevent however many more years of damage you are going to prevent and maybe try and work towards um, kind of getting a, a fresh start. Well, listen, Brittany, it's been uh, great uh, starting off the interview. Uh, We're going to take a short break for 60 seconds, and we'll be back with Brittany Daly on Melden Law and Friends. We still hear it. The sound of victory. The joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, We haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together. Which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident. But if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Melden, founder of Melden Law, and I want to... uh, Remind our listeners and viewers that every Saturday at 1030, um, uh, we have Law Talk Live. We're in our 19th year now. It's on the sky, uh, 97.3 
FM. So listen in this coming Saturday at 1030, 97.3. Uh, you'll have a blast. It's uh, a little bit different than Meldon Law and Friends. It's uh, on the radio, and it's also uh, a call-in show, and it's conver- conversational. So uh, give us a call, and uh, please, if you have any questions, you can go to our Facebook page on Meldon Law and Friends and type in any questions that you have for Brittany Daly, who is the regional director for the American Heart Association and our guest today. Uh, Brittany, I want to ask you about the five pillars of the American Heart Association. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, the big areas where where we can really focus um, our attention at, um, we really love focusing in on reducing risk specifically in women. Um, I think the biggest thing for people to understand is there's so many things um, that, you know, obviously we're susceptible to, but um, cardiovascular disease being a number one killer in women um, and understanding that being able to know your risk factors in your family history. Um, I would say after that, um, we like to focus on um, COVID-19, our response, and our research efforts. I think the crazy, um, obviously, whirlwind that we've been thrown into, we wanted to, to add that into it, being able to help fund um, you know, research, education, information to give out to the public um, to where people, you know, are aware of what's going on and understand the facts and the science behind it. Um, we definitely try to focus in another area that we've added um, kind of due to what's been occurring in the world, um, tobacco and vaping. Like we said, with it specifically um, in youth and um, like middle school and high school age, I think the biggest thing is to really take that education and help them understand um, what those long-term side effects are, like, you know, how we said, and understanding um, how they can empower themselves to make good choices when they're confronted through school and out of school. Um, Obviously, our big focus, you know, our name and what we've always been known for is, you know, stroke, high blood pressure, heart attack, um, making sure that people are educated on what their risk factors are, understanding um, how they can um, fight against those with just choices um, every day to eat healthier, to work out, um, to stay in touch with their doctor with regular visits. Um, And then finally, just an all-around healthy living um, lifestyle. I think Gainesville is a great area. I always see people riding their bike, out walking. Um, I think Coach and his wife, Jerry, make a great example of that, of how, you know, they work out very regularly. Um, I know Jerry walks a couple hours almost every day. I don't know if you knew this, but Jerry, for a long, long time, maybe 30 years or more, Mm -hmm. used to lead the fitness class at Gainesville Health and Fitness. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Jerry was the superstar out there. And uh, um, anybody that's been in Gainesville, you know, back in the, you know, 80s, 90s. Well, Steve came here, I think, in 90. Okay. Okay. And, and all of a sudden, Jerry, like, uh, started teaching fitness classes. Right. So she's kind of a guru when it comes to uh, See, fitness. See, yeah, I love that. I swear I've learned something new every time I bring them up, which is so great. It just shows how much they're involved in the community. But, yeah, I think this area does a really great job of um, – of trying to work towards a healthier life. I know Gainesville Health and Fitness is a big, big proponent of that. Um, so, yeah, I think this area is a great a- example. Actually, you just sparked a memory, and this is very <laughs> interesting. So back in the 1970s, mm-hmm. 
the head ball coach and Jerry moved back to Gainesville yeah. for a while, and they open up the nicest, fanciest um, uh, workout club. Uh, you know, Gain- it was uh, Spurrier's. Okay. And it was um, over on 16th Avenue between 6th Street and Main Street. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful brick building. And uh, what's interesting, um, Joe Cerulli, who founded Gainesville Health and Fitness, yes. okay, he drove down from New York mm-hmm. okay, and was living out of the trunk of his car. <laughs> and Steve Spurrier gave him his first job wow. at, at, at the, uh, the you know, health club. Right. I guess they called, I, I forget what they called it back then. You know, in, in the early days, it was called a gym and then a health club. Right. And then they, it's morphed Man. into uh, different names. So there's a tie-in between Steve Spurrier opening up the first, you know, really first-class right. club here in Gainesville, bringing in Joe Cerulli, who then starts Gainesville right. Health and Fitness. And I mean, you would never know that driving by that beautiful building, the, at least the main one, let alone the others. No, well, <laughs> ask Steve and Jerry or uh, Joe Cerulli about the story. And, and, and I think Joe said, I'll do anything, and they had him you know, cleaning up the dirty towels and <laughs> wiping the floors and stuff like that. And That's that, amazing. So, when you know, it all kind of gets back to the history of Gainesville as by being a mecca right. for people who were athletic. I think part of it is because the university is mm-hmm. here. There's a lot of younger people that mm-hmm. were um, in the early days uh, interested in staying fit. You know, the certainly the uh, college age kids. You know, they're they're all looking for uh, boyfriends and girlfriends, and so they want to look as good as they can, right. right? So they're all working out in Gainesville. You know, and to this day, I think uh, the interaction between the University of Florida and the students and all the people mm-hmm. that work there, and the American Heart Association is still strong. Absolutely, I would say. Um, we you know our, some of our biggest supporters here. Um, obviously, you know, UF Health, um, you know, North Florida Regional, all of the hospitals are just so, so um, involved with the American Heart Association and really making sure um, that they bring all of their employees together to really, you know, stand behind the mission and really support it. Um, and not only that, the, you know, the local businesses as well, it really kind of speaks to to the the community and how it how it likes to lift everybody up. So what is UF Health doing with regard to um, heart research? Um, wow, they do a lot. I would say um, they, I know the American Heart Association, we're so lucky here in Gainesville that a lot of our funds and our research dollars, um, we, we do put some back into the, into the college through grants, research awards, which I think is truly amazing. Not a lot of areas get, you know, get to say that. And I get to brag a little bit anytime I'm out in a meeting and say that, like, you know, there is some amazing things happening. And I'm constantly looking on um, our information to see what big thing is going to come out. Because I know, I know there's going to be something that comes out of Gainesville. And I I am so excited to kind of see what that is. Yeah, for for those uh, viewers and listeners that don't know, UF Health is like on the forefront of research with regard to, uh, you know, heart research and uh, uh, in many other areas as well. Mm-hmm. However, I would say uh, because of the uh, magnificent growth of UF Health, they're always there um, looking for research dollars and bringing in some of the top people in the country mm-hmm. uh, to our area. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think they're definitely kind of an amazing asset to this area. Um, and I think Gainesville, from what I've gathered just moving here the past couple of months, um, we take a lot of pride on research and medical development, which I think is really great having um, such big names here in this area. Well, that's really fantastic. I, I want to get back to the heart ball coming up. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wants to go to the heart ball, okay, what can they expect? Um, I think honestly, it's just a night to really celebrate what local community or local companies and volunteers are doing here in this area year round, being able to come together um, for the evening to celebrate that, um, you know, talk with each other network, I think, you know, great partnerships come out of that night. Um, I think the biggest thing, if, you know, if you're interested in attending, you want to be a part of the Heartball, we do obviously have sponsorship opportunities available. Um, but it's a really exciting night. I'm excited to, to kind of maybe change it up a little bit and see how we can bring it back in style. Well, now, Brittany, you weren't here uh, until last summer, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So this is your first heart ball. This is my up. first one. I think I'm more excited than everybody else. So, <laughs> so I, I will tell you this, okay, it's a big-time event, okay? They have um, a great band mm-hmm. uh, that plays, uh, the Master of Ceremonies. I don't know, sometimes it's Storm Roberts, sometimes uh, it's uh, someone else in the the everybody is kind of semi-formal so for Gainesville that means don't wear your jeans and if you wear your jeans at least wear a tuxedo jacket to dress it up absolutely (laughs) and I definitely think it's going to be a party we do have Elio on board for entertainment so we're very excited yes very excited so Elio Piedra is one of our partners at Meldon Law and um, when Patricia and myself got married um June 30th, 2019, uh, we had our wedding at the Cade Museum. Oh, nice. We rented out the whole museum, and Elio Piedra was our band leader. And, uh, right, he, he brought the party. He brought the party, <laughs> and there's nobody better than Elio to bring the party. Right, I mean, I was excited when, you know, we got him on board, but after telling everybody, I mean, everyone is just so excited um, I think I really would love to make this event, you know, it is local, but make it feel local with, you know, bringing important people and companies that, um, that do a lot to Gainesville and mean a lot there that night. So you're going to be in for a great time. The food is fabulous. The Hilton Hotel has one of the largest rooms uh, available Yes. Uh, in town, and that's why they always have it at the Hilton. Yes, it's always the perfect <laughs> ideal spot. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for years and years and years, we've had the um, uh, Meldon Law Scholar Athlete Banquet there at the Hilton. Right. And they always do, do a great show for us. That's awesome. That's, I, that's not the first time I've heard about Scholar Athlete. I think at, was Abby a Scholar Athlete at one yes, point? Yes, yeah. She was a volleyball yep. star. <laughs> yes, I've heard a lot about the about the Scholar Athlete. So, so for those of, so let's talk Talk about how people can get seats and how companies can contribute to uh, this uh, heartball coming up February 12th at the Hilton Hotel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Definitely feel free um, to reach out to myself. We have a Facebook event page. Um, It's just the Gainesville Heartball um, to look up and reach out through there um, or through myself. We have sponsorship opportunities available for tables um, and for companies that, you know, want to get involved and be there. Um, And then, of course, um, we do have a silent and a live auction. So if there's any companies that would like to provide auction items, we're always definitely willing to provide something that um, that people would be excited about. Um, 
So yeah, those are kind of the okay. The so so let's get what's the uh, website again to get directly to you. So you can go to we have a Facebook event page. Um, you can just type in Gainesville Heartball, um, and it'll take you there um, to our um, event website. Um, or you can reach out to me directly. Um, our um, information is on that as well. Okay, so everybody go to Gainesville Heartball, mm-hmm. and you can uh, get connected with Brittany Daly, and you or your company uh, can go have a great time, sponsor um, uh, a great cause, and I promise you, uh, you will have a, a fantastic time. There's a live, there's live auctions, uh, silent auctions. Mm-hmm. There's great food, dancing, mm-hmm. fun, a big crowd. You can dress up a little bit. So uh, anyhow, that's coming up February 12th. I want to thank Brittany Daly for being our guest on Melden Law and Friends. And we'll be back in three minutes. We still hear it. The sound of victory the joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. The Melden Law firm from the beginning has been built on giving back to the community. I enjoy coming to work as much today as I did in 1971 when I opened my practice. I don't look at this as a job, I look at it as serving other people. While we're alive, what better feeling can you achieve than knowing that you've helped other people and thereby you enrich your own life? The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together. Which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident. But if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. Gosh, I can't even believe this. Look, look what you have done to my truck. Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, it is your no, fault. Not, not, I am not. calling Jeffrey Melton from Melton Law. So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband. Melton Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! This oh, guy's no, here. Honey. This guy's here. He might... New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. I've done mornings here on Sky Radio for 17 years. Jeffrey Meldon started doing his weekend show here 16 years ago. One of the things that separates Jeffrey is I don't see him out there hollering for people's business. I see him out there investing in the community. He's touched a lot of lives, and a lot of it he'll never know. What a difference he made in somebody's life about information that he has shared on the air. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. 
Welcome back to Meldon Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Meldon, founder of Meldon Law, and I want to uh, remind all of our viewers and listeners that uh, if you go to our Facebook page, Meldon Law, you will find great giveaways for Lady Gators Volleyball, actually three events uh, this week that are going to be very exciting. The Lady Gators are 11 and 2. Uh, in the SEC, and uh, you're you're looking at uh, nationwide top talent. And the men's basketball team is home this coming Thursday at 6 o'clock playing Milwaukee, and we're giving away uh, a bunch of tickets for that as well. So uh, help us uh, help spread the good word about all these great Gator Sports. Uh, Meldon Law is the only official injury law firm partner of the Florida Gators, and uh, we get to score these great seats and uh, share them with the community. So uh, join us and have a great time. Anyhow, I am here with uh, uh, my friend Carolina Riley, who's the assistant manager at Prime and Pearl. Welcome, Carolina. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Jeff. How are you doing today? Good. So, um, Carolina, is that because you were born in Carolina? Yes. So, my mom was a diehard Tar Heels fan. Um, so, first name's Carolina, middle name's Jordan after Michael Jordan. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Carolina Jordan Riley, and yes. Riley sounds Irish. It's, it is. It is. It is. So are you Irish? I'm not. Um, actually, <laughs> it was kind of a given name when uh, all my family moved over here. So oh. I still have a lot to learn. My mom was adopted, too. Um, so we don't really know too much about our family lineage. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I did a 23 and Me to try to figure I still it out. have one, and I haven't done it yet because mm-hmm. I've just been like, oh, do I really want to know? But I do. I do. Yeah, well, it's fun. And, you know, we all... Um, you know, I, I just got it done, uh, you know, recently. Oh, cool. Not for any reason, except that, you know, Why not? I just didn't get well, around to doing yeah, it. Yeah, it's there. It's cool to see, like, what you are, what you're not. Like, oh, okay. Fantastic. So anyhow, um, Carolina is the assistant um, manager, general assistant general manager at this great um, steakhouse called Prime and Pearl. How did the name Prime and Pearl come about? So we got our name um, because we use USDA uh, grade prime beef. So it's the top beef that you can get um, in the United States. So that's where the prime comes into play. Mm-hmm. And then Pearl, because we also specialize in fresh oysters coming all the way from Canada and the U.S. Um, we mostly go with cold water. So you get the freshest and most absolute, absolutely delicious oysters. And that's where the Pearl came from. Oh, okay. Well, I, I I frequent Prime and Pearl, and I can tell you I'm there frequently because <laughs> it's great food. And we also love our oysters. My wife, Patricia, and I are really um, oyster aficionados. And when we get uh, want to go out, a place like Prime and Pearl where we know we're going to get really fresh oysters from around uh, both the East Coast and the West Coast, yes. okay, 
is pretty um, exciting. So I, I want to talk oysters for just a second. Absolutely. Huh? Tell, tell us about uh, some of the different kinds of oysters that uh, you have there. So we do a fresh selection every week. We do it based off of the temperatures in the water. Um, so when we're looking at the different months, that's where we look at either east or west coast. Um, right now, we have a lot more of east coast because the temperatures are a lot cooler. So we have a lot coming from Prince Edward Island, New Brunswick. Um, along with that, we do Gulf oysters as well, but we're waiting until it gets a little bit cooler. So we have a lot coming from Baba Booms, Sweet Jesus. Those are my absolute favorite. I love selling those. Those are from Maryland. Um, and then a couple different ones um, from Duxbury, which is part of the Duxbury Bay um, in Massachusetts. And then once we start going into the colder months, we're going to bring more from the um, the West Coast where we're hitting California. Um, we have some from Alaska as well because those waters are starting to chill. But we're very particular about... Um, which ones we're choosing going into the seasons because we want the freshest possible. And um, what's your favorite way to uh, eat oysters as far as, you know, with crackers, without crackers, with hot sauce? With, I with... am such a cheater. <laughs> I, I, I don't mind taking them just as they are, but I love crackers. We do a fried saltine cracker and it just, I don't know, there's something just so beautiful about a fried cracker <laughs> with an oyster and hot sauce <laughs> that just hits home for me. So I do doctor mine up, um, but we have a lot that are very nice and briny, but not overpowering to where you can have them just straight up as an oyster. So, so you know, sometimes um, if I have a really good briny oyster, mm -hmm. right, I want to like uh, have it straight from the shell with the oyster juice yes. uh, right in it. Yeah, right? it's it some it just hits home. I grew up um, for the most part in northern New York near the harbors, so to have that fresh seafood just saltiness taste to it to me it's like a home feeling. So I do appreciate that, and especially with a nice glass of wine, oh, so good. Yeah, Yay. well, and let's talk about the wine at uh, Prime and Pearl because you do have an incredible wine list there. Yes. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yes. Yeah, so we have been very lucky when we were building this concept. Um, one thing we wanted to do was really stand out with our wine selection. Um, so we have over 150 different varietals of wine um, going into new world and old world. Um, most of our domestics are going to be California based, um, but we like to introduce the motion of taking domestic and bringing it a little bit of light. So we also have uh, wines from South Africa, New Zealand, Australia. We try to take you all over the map um, whenever you come in and you take a look at our wine list. So you have these vast selections and we enjoy taking the time to build such a wonderful list that you really can't find anywhere else around here. No, it's, it's an amazing wine list. Now, you know, the Australian the uh, from Chile, from Argentina, there's these incredible wines. Why is it that some of those wines from you know foreign continents are are less expensive than the California um, wines? So a lot of people almost they're not quite sure about them yet. Um, so California, just depending on which type of vineyards you're coming from, what the climate is. Um, is where you get more of the expensive bottles. So a lot of these vineyards that started out in the 70s um, in like Napa and Rutherford and all the different areas of California have been juicing their grapes for a very long time. So they've taken a lot of time, effort to put into these productions. Not seeing that, you know, anything from Chile or New Zealand or Australia um, haven't put that thought process into it, but they're newer 
to the wine game. They're they're a lot fresher. They're trying out different products and different juices with their wine. And I know Italy and Spain have some incredible values. Yes. So, and that's where you get your old world wine. Um, that's your traditional, heavier bodied. Um, you have a lot more of the complex flavors going into that. For me, domestics and um, new world have a juicier forefront on there and they're a little bit sweeter. When you go into old world, you have, I like to call them like the cellar wines. Like you can just, as soon as you open it up, you can smell and taste it just sitting in a nice, beautiful old cellar, just aging for so long. So what about um, France? You know, that's where it all started, more or less. Yes, absolutely. And, and so let's talk about the value in French wines and the taste versus, say, some of the top um, California wines. Absolutely. You know, it's it's funny because you do have people come in that have such a distinct palate that they enjoy more of the French style. So when you go into French style wines, you're looking at, again, a larger and deeper aging process than most Californias because they've been doing this for so long. You have a lot more vineyards with old vines. So you get that nice old vine taste where you get more tobacco and more leather versus the California or Washington State um, or Oregon wines where you have a lot more of that fruitful complexity with it. Um, To me, having a nice traditional like Bordeaux, for example, um, is a very popular French wine that people tend to go towards our restaurant. Um, Bordeaux has been making wine for centuries. It's it's a just a craft that they have really committed to and it's something that people know all around the world, which is absolutely beautiful. And then you go into stuff like champagne. You know, you can only get champagne if it's from Champagne France. Yeah, so so I want to tell you I have made several uh, trips to the Champagne district in France. I'm so jealous. Okay? <laughs> and um, you know, um, of the champagnes, my you know favorite champagne to drink uh, is Vaux Clicquot. <gasps> That's one mm. of our specialties, actually. So I'm bringing in a couple magnums for December because why not? Who doesn't love a giant bottle of champagne? Um, but yeah, the Vu is such a wonderful label, and they've really kind of they've powered through. We um, during COVID there was a big tariff issue. Um, obviously, there was a lot of the border shutting down where we couldn't get this stuff. So it's been allocated um, to our restaurant quite a few times, which is a fantastic thing. But Vu is such, oh, it's a beautiful champagne. I know. And when we go to um, uh, get our champagne now, they put a limit on how many uh, bottles of Vu I can buy. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Let me just, let, come on. You know I'm here a lot. Let's, let's just go ahead and fix that up a little bit. So I had, <laughs> No, at the ABC on Newberry Road, the limit is um, two bottles of Vu at a time. And I went there, and since I'm such a good customer there, they gave me three bottles as a special favor one time. And now, you know, we've got Thanksgiving coming up Mm -hmm. at our home, and I need to score some more Vu. So I'm going to go have to lean on the folks over at the ABC and see if I can score some extra bottles. Well, if you need extra bottles, I have you covered as well. (laughs) Well, you know, that's really interesting because we are members of the Prime and Pearl uh, Club uh, where we have a storage locker there. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, I would absolutely love to. So we offer, which you don't see it anywhere near Gainesville. I mean, the only places I've been able to find so far is Miami. Um, there's a restaurant in Tampa that does this. So we have a wine locker program. Um, our total wine lockers is 64. Um, so far we have sold about 30. But basically what it includes is you come in, um, you can fit up to 12 bottles of wine in your locker that you pick out, or myself and Craig, 
Um, we'll be more than happy to guide you through our wine list depending on what your preferences are. Um, and with that, you get all inclusivity to all of our events like our wine tasting dinners, um, our bourbon tastings. Um, anytime that we have a purveyor come out, and then every quarter, we do a Stock Your Locker event, um, which is free to all of our wine locker holders. How does a Stock Your Locker uh, work? So it is a chance for you to come out. We bring out two of our three about of our purveyors, and mm-hmm. we set up a wine tasting for everybody. Um, we offer reception-style food. This last one that we did, we had meat and cheese, just a beautiful setup for charcuterie and desserts. Um And you just get to taste wine, and then what you do is you just go through and look at the slots that you have available in your wine locker and see if you would like to take some of the tastings or some off of our regular wine menu um, to put inside of your locker. And also being a wine locker holder uh, gives you exclusive reservations. So you call, text, email Craig or myself and say, hey, I want to come in. I know it's a Friday night. You guys are very busy. Can I come have two for dinner? If we have a table available, we'll definitely get you in. If not, we'll reserve seats at the bar for you and your guest. And it's great because uh, Craig Patton, who's the general manager yes. there, has been so nice uh, to our family, uh, you know, squeezing us in. Usually there's always a cancellation. And if you're a member of the Wine Locker Club, then you get a little priority. So that's uh, that is very uh, exciting. And mm-hmm. so when's the next uh, uh, wine tasting uh, dinner uh, event. So the next one that we have is our Duckhorn um, Vineyards Dinner, which is going to be December 22nd. Um, we do have a couple tickets still available, but for the most part, we have filled up. Um, we will be releasing all of our events for the following um, 2022 year after January 1st. So we'll have, uh, oh my gosh, so many bourbon and whiskey tasting dinners, um, wine dinners, and of course, the exclusive dinners for our wine locker holders. Well, we're going to be back with Carolina Riley in one minute uh, so we can talk about whiskey and bourbon. I'm Jeffrey Meldon with Meldon Law, and we will be back in 60 seconds. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Meldon Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Jesse, it's your no, fault. It's not, no, I am no. calling Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law. So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband. Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! This no, person no, here, wait, this person lady, he might... New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. Welcome back to Meldon Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Meldon, founder of Meldon Law, and I'm here with our special guest, Carolina Riley from Prime and Pearl. And uh, we've been having this great discussion about uh, wine from different parts of the world. Uh, By the way, 
my favorite California wine is Austin Hope. You, oh, that's such a big seller for us. You can't go wrong with Austin Hope. Anything from Paso Robles is just, oh, it's so good. It has such a nice punch in the beginning, and it's so mellow towards the end. It's just, it's perfect with a steak dinner. Uh, so in addition, though, to a great wine, sometimes we like to check out, you know, our our bourbons and whiskeys. Uh-huh. Tell us a little bit about that. I would absolutely love to. So that is more my forte. I like to joke and tell everybody I'm more of the spirits girl. Um, so as much as I love wine, bourbon has a special place in my heart. So we um, actually have over 52 different types of whiskeys and bourbons. Um, of course, we have our bourbons coming from Kentucky, but we also have a lot of bourbon-styled whiskeys that are coming out of different parts of America. So we have some from Ohio, uh, Washington State, um, and actually California too. So it's it's absolutely amazing. You have a vast amount of different <laughs> bourbons and whiskeys you can try and have with dinner. Um, we also have our own barrel program with Whistle Pig. So for all of you bourbon lovers, Whistle Pig is one of the top tier rides. Now that's in New Hampshire or Vermont. 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 So Vermont. what's really cool though is they actually get their juice, their mash from Alberta, Canada. They won't disclose who makes it, who does what, and then they bring it over here and then they let it set and age in their barrels, and then they bottle it. So we have our own um, Whistle Pig 10-year uh, rye whiskey through them. That's a Prime and Pearl Select. We personally selected this barrel to fit um, our concept and our food, which is so, so, so cool. for our listeners um, and viewers, what's the difference between uh, how rye whiskey is made in bourbon? So bourbon is, it's, it's going to be more um, mashed than anything. So with a rye, you have a little bit more of a, a spicier note to it. So they use more corn mash when it comes to bourbon. Um, and that's what makes it different from a bourbon and whiskey. Whiskey, you, in order for something to be a bourbon it has to be barreled in Kentucky as well. Um, so going into that, that's why like anything that's flavored is a whiskey that cannot be considered a bourbon at all. Um, and then when you go into rice, like I said, it has more corn mash in there. So that's what makes it have a bit of a spicier bite. Like you get a peppery bite with it. So like when I think of rye whiskey, I think of Canada. Yeah. I mean, that's where, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've, in the old days, there was uh, Seagram's VO and Canadian Club. Okay, okay listen, like I said, I'm from Northern New York, so Canadian Club was the very first thing I ever had. That was our go-to. Uh, my Uncle Mike, I absolutely love him, but growing up, I think I was probably about five. This is how I knew I was going to end up in the spirits world. I was already making Canadian Clubs and uh, Pepsi with that one, so it's that's, that's definitely something I've grown up on. But do you call that a rye, right? A I would. Uh, those are just going to be more whiskeys. They do have a rye flavoring to them, but I they're not considered rye because they're not made with the amount of corn mash that a rye oh, would be. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So when you get into um, the difference between bourbons and whiskeys, um, uh, anything in Kentucky mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> can be called a bourbon. Yeah. Are there? Um, uh, whiskeys made in Kentucky as well and not called bourbon? There is, and that's kind of where you get different mashes coming in and different juices from um, different distillers. So, you know, it's like when you take a look at, let's say Jack Daniels, for an example. Um, they're a Tennessee whiskey. They go through um, a maple and charcoal Who's filterings. This? Jack Daniels. Oh, Jack Daniels. Yeah, like so that's, Jack yeah, that. yeah, Gentleman's Jack. Um, they do have a sweeter whiskey to them. Um, so that's kind of where you get the difference 
difference between that. You know, uh, back in the Prohibition times is really when America, because everybody was doing these different whiskeys, you have scotches, which that's actually where bourbon making came from, was a lot of people coming from Scotland creating these different types of mashes. Oh, and, and the Kentucky Hills were familiar to them because they were from Scotland. Exactly, exactly. So they wanted to create their own brand with that. So back in Prohibition is when they really set up these laws, saying that you cannot be called a bourbon unless you follow this rule, this rule, and this rule. And it's, I mean, it's just like anything else in the food industry. You break the rules, you don't get the label. Okay, I see. So um, Kentucky bourbon is unique around the world. Um, how about what's going on as far as uh, Japanese whiskey? I know <gasps> that's like, you know, Habiki and some of these yes. others I drink so are So it's, it's something that I've recently gotten into. It's so nice. So what's really great about Japanese-style whiskey is they use a lot of, um, they base their mash off of rice or barley. That's usually the main components for them. Versus you have bourbon, which is going to be wheat, um, for the most part, or corn. Um, usually the white corn. So they have a bit of a sweeter taste to them, and it's very smooth. Um, so you're not getting so much of that burning sensation you get a lot of the time when you're drinking bourbon. So it's it's a really great alternative for somebody who maybe doesn't quite want the heat of drinking bourbon but wants to enjoy the taste of it. So I, I highly suggest trying any mm. Japanese whiskey that you have out there. Well, talking about the heat, you know, how does 80 proof versus, you know, 90 proof or 100 proof, how does that impact the heat? A lot. Um, <laughs> now, if if you go into making cocktails or anything like that, usually what bartenders will tell you is they want a higher proof so that way you can get more of that sensation of the burn. But there, there's been a lot now that people have worked very hard from for their distilleries um, to make even a higher proof very smooth. So um, you have, I mean, a really great one. We don't have it in store, but it's Booker's. Booker's usually does a really high proof on their whiskeys. So with that, they've had to age it in a certain way that creates a better form of just not having basically white lightning where you're sitting there and you're like, oh, dear God. And actually being able to swallow it and enjoy it. Well, Carolina, I always, like when I'm buying my, um, you know, whiskey or bourbon, I tend to get the lower proof Mm -hmm. for that reason because it's a little smoother going down. Yes, yes, most definitely. I, for me, when I make cocktails, um, especially going into like our style of craft cocktailing, Mm -hmm. I don't like to just knock people out of the water. I'd rather them be able to enjoy a smooth ride on their cocktail. Well, so we've talked about great oysters. We've talked about uh, bourbons and whiskeys. I think it's time to start talking about the great steaks. Tell us a little bit about what makes Prime and Pearl incredible when it comes to um, your your meats and uh, how you uh, present it. Yes. So one thing that's very unique to our concept is that we dry age all of our steaks in-house. For those of you who don't really know what dry age is, or it's just like, I don't understand what the huge deal about dry age, basically what it is, is you take your cut of meat and you store it in a temperature controlled um, cooler, which we actually have up front at our restaurant. So you can see the dry aging process. Um, And what it does is it takes a certain temperature and humidity and it encapsulates the meat. So you're basically slowly sucking the moisture 
out of these cuts of meat. And what it does is it creates a very tender, juicy, and buttery meat on the inside. Um, we do 45 days. Um, you can go further than that. Um, that's something that we think is a perfect hit because it really creates that nice gaminess um, that you're looking for in a dry age uh, steak and creating that beautiful tenderness throughout it as well. And you have uh, uh, a bunch of different cuts uh, that are yes. dry aged, right? Yeah. So we have, all of our steaks are aged. Um, so for our dry aged steaks, we have our 20 ounce bone in New York strip, our 20 ounce bone in um, ribeye, and then we have a, a tomahawk, which is 40 ounces. Which that's ambitious, but you can is. you can share. It. Listen, if I can eat it, anybody can eat it. <laughs> well, that's wait, wait, all wait, I'm wait. saying. <laughs> and then we also have our uh, forty ounce porterhouse. So you're getting your nice cut of New York strip and then a fillet with that as well, which is a great one to share if you're on a date or just having a really nice date night, or if you're just really hungry, go for it. Yeah, well, you know, Patricia and I uh, love sharing. You know, or entree. So, yes. uh, so that's a good. Uh, it's a really uh, great one. It's an and it's fun. It's very interactive. I mean, it comes out. It has this giant bone. We slice it for you. It's just. It's a really fun dish to look at. Yeah, and then you have a bone at the end of the evening to take home for your dog. Yes, I have two corgis, so they get spoiled. <laughs> I know <laughs> they, well, they get cool. lots of bones. Yeah, and and so, um, how do you prefer um, your steaks cooked? Okay, I. Absolutely love. I love Pittsburgh rare, um, just because I like that nice char on the outside. And I usually like it with a smaller steak, like a six ounce fillet. I don't mind it so much on a ten ounce fillet. Um, but if I'm having more of a strip, or if I'm having more of a marbled ribeye, I like mine medium rare. I think it just allows all those flavors to come through. Um, medium is still great, especially when you have a bigger cut of beef. That's still a good way to go if you're a little iffy about it being so red. Um, for me. I'm not a midwell or well done fan, but one thing I always like to preach and preach to my servers especially is, you know, we don't judge. You come in here, you can order your meat anyway. As long as you're happy, we're happy. So, you know, that's interesting because when I go into a restaurant, I prefer my meat uh, cooked medium rare. Sometimes when you tell a restaurant medium rare, they really bring it medium rare. Other times they'll bring it medium. Mm -hmm. So I, I'll have this conversation with the waiter and I'll say, now, is your medium rare really medium rare or is it closer to medium or medium well? And it, because if that's how you cook it, just tell the chef I want it. Right. You know, rare plus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, and see, one thing we like to, we, we encourage in our training with our servers because they go through a lot of training to get to that floor, um, is that we go over the steak temperatures with you. So, I mean, if you order a mid-rare, you know, that's going to be a warm red center throughout. If you order a medium, that's going to be um, a pink center throughout. You know, once you go into midwell, a thin pink center hot, you know. So we make it a point to really discuss that with our guests to make sure that we're giving you every single bit of detail. Well, <clears throat> I'll tell you, I love the experience of going to Prime and Pearl in Carolina. Wow. Riley has given us a lot to think about. So the next time you want to have a big time out on the town, uh, check out Prime and Pearl there in Celebration Point, and it's a beautiful uh, restaurant. Uh, you can go there. You'll see the Meldon Law, um, you know, caged uh, wine <laughs> locker with uh, 60. Uh, what are there? You said how many? We total? have 64. 64. 
Okay, that was a Beatles song back when I was younger. Anyhow, um, <laughs> I love going to Prime and Pearl. I want to give it my wholehearty uh, endorsement. Uh, look for Carolina Riley when you're there. Uh, say hello to our uh, dear friend Craig Patton, who's the general manager. And the one thing I can tell um, our viewers and listeners is that you will really have an exceptional dining experience uh, at Prime and Pearl. It's uh, really uh, neat to have uh, something that's unique in our town. So I want to thank you very much, Carolina, for joining us. Yes. And uh, everybody can go to Prime and Pearl. Uh, just put in Prime and Pearl. It'll come up. You'll get to their website. So anyhow, thank you very much for uh, joining us on Melden Law and Friends. And we'll be back next week on Melden Law and Friends. <laughs>